Thank you for stopping by the Courageous Truth Podcast. I appreciate all the feedback from the last couple of episodes here at the show. Appreciate it a lot. Appreciate the feedback, the subscriptions. Appreciate people telling their friends and family. Obviously, I'm nowhere near an expert on the things I'm talking about. My heart behind this podcast is to inspire courage and inspire us to lean on the Lord more as we navigate a very, very chaotic culture. This week, I just want to share a couple thoughts and a couple ideas about how do we navigate that culture? How do we navigate this world as believers that we find ourselves in? I think it's, it's so important that we have a game plan. And I think it's also important that we don't get caught up in fights that we shouldn't be fighting. I do believe that there are fights that we should be fighting, but I also believe there's fights that we shouldn't be wasting our time with. And I'm going to share a little bit about that today. So thank you for stopping by and tuning in. Again, I'm going to be launching a new podcast within the next couple weeks, and that podcast will be Courageous Generation Church. Very excited to uh, launch the church and the podcast. That is coming up. Thank you for stopping by the Courageous Truth Podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. God bless you and stay tuned. Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast, where we strive to live courageously through the lens of scripture and build courageous lives in a world that is driven by fear. Your host is a proud parent, a proud pastor, a proud business owner, and a proud American. Tune in today for your dose of courageous truth. And now, your host, Eric Lundberg. Welcome, everyone, to the Courageous Truth Podcast. I am honored that you have chosen to spend a little bit of time with me today. I want to open up with a scripture out of the book of Matthew chapter 11, really one of my favorite chapters in all of the New Testament. Just Jesus's words, the tapestry that he uses throughout this entire chapter is just so beautiful and just such a call both to action and to rest. And I wanna read Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30 out of the ESV version. The word of God says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he's making uh, mention to, obviously, a yoke of oxen where they're pulling a plow, they're doing work, and sometimes that yoke that helps them stay together that team of oxen stay together and that plow to stay straight and to pull that plow can be a lot of work on those oxen. But I think that this call is such a call to break away from religion, break away from the fear, break away from the things that are culture that are weighing us down. I don't know where you live. Right now I have listeners all over the nation. I have listeners in Europe, but wherever you live, I don't know if there's what the atmosphere, the spiritual and ideological atmosphere is of where you live. Where I live here in Washington, there is oppression. There is fear in the air. There is confusion in the air. And if we are not careful, that fear and that confusion 
will rule us. But God is inviting us in this beautiful tapestry of Scripture. He's inviting us to take the yoke of Jesus that is light, that is full of grace, that gives our souls rest. And if there's one thing that I have learned in this crazy season, and that is that there is true rest only in Jesus. I don't care what's going on in the world around us. We should have peace and rest in our spirits if we truly know the Lord. And as we kind of get into the topic, I just want to talk very briefly about today. And I kind of want to take a look at what fights are worth fighting. You know, I, I had to sit back and I had to kind of examine myself. The past couple of weeks, I've really tried to, which is not something I normally do, I'm going to admit, but trying to listen to other people's perspectives, other people's perspectives on masking, other people's perspective on vaccinating, other people's perspective on politics. And as I've kind of muddled through these things, I've just came to the realization, and I, like, if you know me personally, I, I, or you followed my Facebook page, you'll know I do not ever, hardly ever wear a mask unless I'm at the airport. If they ask me to wear a mask in a store, I'll just leave. I just, I don't like it. I don't like the, the stigma around it. And I refuse to participate in the fear or in the, you know, giving the, like if the governor himself wanted to come and ask me to wear a mask, then him and I can have a dialogue, but I won't do it because it's just, it's, it's dehumanizing in so many ways. But, uh, you know, and then at listening to people's perspective on the vaccine. Now, I honestly could care less if you get the vaccine or not. I am personally not going to get it because it is in experimental trials. Um, I don't trust where it's at. I'm hearing way too many reports of people having adverse reactions, heart attacks, miscarriages, high blood pressure, they're losing feeling in their limbs, just so many adverse reactions from it, and I don't, I don't want to take that risk myself. Now, what I don't like is the mandates of it. Now, I had to ask myself, am I going, like, what fight around these things do I really want to fight? I am very, very against masking children. I drove by today, or yesterday, I drove by our our primary school, six, seven-year-old kids, watched them out on the playground playing with masks on their face. And it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. We want to send our kids outside to get fresh air, but they're not. They're breathing their same bacteria. It's just gross and disgusting. They're sweating. It's, it's just terrible. It's terrible. And in fact, the best, not necessarily thought, I almost said argument, the best thought, on masks, Charlie Kirk gave a one-minute excerpt, which I'm going to play for you right now. If you don't know Char- who Charlie Kirk is, he is the founder and president of Turning Point USA, which is a very it's it's a organization of religious activists that really work to reproduce biblical and conservative ideas in the next generation. That's the best way I can say what they do. But I want you to listen to Charlie Kirk's words on masking children right now. Let's start with the masking of children. 
masking of children is child abuse. It just is. It's that simple. That there is not one study that shows that putting a cloth over a child makes any sort of difference at all whatsoever. Now, let me, let me tell you why people want to put masks on children. This is a very important point. Is that it's not for the children's sake. It's for the parents' sake. They want to feel better about themselves. And they want to feel less guilty if one of the children gets the virus. They want to say, well, we did everything we possibly could and I'll be able to live with myself. Even though there are masks, first of all, it does very little to nothing to stop the transmission. And by the way, have you ever seen how these children wear masks? It's a joke, okay? No, it really is. It's like all over the place on their head. It's, it's an absolute joke, okay? So let's talk, even, if, even if they work all the time, by the way, the moment you touch it, it completely loses all of its any sort of benefit it might have. And I'm not getting into the whole mask thing. Just go look at the studies yourself and you can come to your own conclusion. Go look at the study out of Denmark. Go look at the study out of the Netherlands. You can go see it yourself and then you guys can come back and, you know, you, maybe you're pro, maybe you're anti, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. What I am going to get into, though, is the very obvious social costs of masking eight-year-olds. And the obvious social costs are that it dehumanizes the eight-year-old. It makes them more likely to follow orders unquestionably. It makes them more likely to it makes them less likely to communicate with their fellow friends. It makes them more harsh, more distant from their fellow um, from their fellow classmate. We are now re-engineering entire generations of children for what? That some soccer mom can feel better about herself because she's afraid that someone's going to get the virus. Like, no, that's about your ego, not about the children's health. And so we have to get rid of that entire masking of children. I appreciate what he said so much. And that's one thing I've, I've never liked about the masks either is, and I don't mean to go on about it, and I'm not going to fight about it anymore. I'm sick and tired of it. But it's just we miss out on the social cues of our community if every time we look at each other we're wearing something that disguises who we are. I ran into a friend at at Lowe's the other day and he came up to me so excited to see me but I didn't recognize him because he's wearing a mask. Didn't know who he was. But anyway when I get back from the break I want to throw a couple fights that I believe are worth fighting and I will be right back. Stay tuned. This is just a reminder to go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate your support here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Your subscription helps me to know how to create greater content and better serve you, my listener. Thank you for hitting that subscribe button right now. And I'm back. And I don't mean to, to talk about masks and endlessly. It's just, it seems like such a never-ending issue. They're, they're here to stay. It's not, they're not going anywhere. It's going to be a part of our culture for a very long time. And I just don't think it's worth fighting. Choose to wear it or choose not to, and I chose not to, and I'll, you want to find me, go ahead, I'll pay the fine. Um, but there are some fights that I think are worth fighting. And I think number one is our fight for our kids. Now, when I go to school boards and I talk about masking children to the school board and I talk about the things they're teaching in school, I had bet that is a fight that is worth fighting. As believers, we should flood the public school system and take a stand against the things that are being taught, comprehensive sexual education, because I guarantee you this, 60,000 Christians in Tacoma, Spanaway, 
Puyallup area flooded their school board meetings, they would listen to us. And we say this is unacceptable. But this is a fight that's worth fighting. We got to fight for our kids. And the masking of children, like you heard Charlie Kirk say, is, is a terrible thing. And I believe another fight that is worth fighting is religious freedom. The government has no right to stick their fingers or their nose in how we conduct our religious ordinances or our faith. They have no business telling us how, when, why, and where we can worship. Another fight I think is worth fighting. In fact, I know, well, I have a biblical conviction that this is worth fighting, and that is the fight against abortion. Now, Texas this week passed, I believe, the six-week abortion ban, something along those lines, don't quote me. Uh, But basically, if the child has a heartbeat, they cannot be terminated. In other words, you cannot kill that child if it has a detectable heartbeat. Now, is that, now as a believer, I believe the moment of conception, life starts. But six weeks, it's, it's a start. It's a start to reversing the demonic law of Roe v. Wade. And it's kind of interesting how many pe- people are up in arms about this. People are just furious, and they're furious at Christians for supporting this type of a law that would make it illegal to abort their children. They're fighting for the right to kill children. And I'm sorry, abortion is always wrong. But if you want to terminate a child out of inconvenience, if you want to terminate a child that might have Down syndrome, it's what, what is happening, and we see it all across the world, it's an antichrist spirit that says we want to be God. We want to be God. And I just, I, I can't believe how many people are f- so upset that they cannot, they, they call it health care, but it's not. It's murder. And it goes back to the ancient God of the child sacrifice, Molech, which Israel would sacrifice their children to in Bible times. I also believe another fight that is worth fighting is for our nation and our state. We need to fight for our homes. God gave us this nation to steward, and we need to fight for her. Like, it's so interesting. People, I've, I've had people message me and say, you know, if, if the world's going to end one way or the another, why do we even fight? What's the point? Isn't God just going to return when this thing goes bad? Isn't this world just going to self-destruct? And while that might be the case, we have an obligation to pray and stand and fight for righteousness. When we got off the ark, Noah got off the ark, they said, be fruitful and multiply. You know, let our lives be fruitful, bearing the fruits of the Spirit. We have an obligation to steward this world, to steward our nation, to steward our communities, to steward our homes. You know, people are like, oh, I want to get in. You know, we need to invade culture. Oh, but let's not invade political culture and let's not invade uh, local leadership. Let's have pop stars come to your church, but keep politicians out. And that just seems kind of hypocritical to me. So, but we need to, uh, we need to steward our nation and steward our state. And we always have, like I said before, we always have an obligation to pursue righteousness with our lives and with our communities. 
I heard a, a local pastor say there are two revivals that are taking place in our nation. One is a revival of righteousness. The other one is a revival of iniquity. And we are seeing a massive clash. And we cannot bow down our knee to sin. Then finally, I believe the fight that's worth fighting is to free Gen Z from suicide. These lockdowns, these terrible lockdowns and mask mandates and all these restrictions taking everything away from our kids has driven depression deep into the heart of a generation. And we want to see them suicide free. And I guess the challenge going forward as we look at those, and obviously that's a lot of battles to fight, there's some battles like arguing over my presidential candidate isn't worth it. If you're out there and you're like, oh, I hope Trump's come back. Trump's not coming back. We don't need him. We need Jesus. Biden's a disaster. Yeah, Biden is a disaster. But I'm not going to sit and argue about how big of a disaster he is. Okay, there's bigger things that we need to be turning our attention to as believers. So are we fighting fights? Here's, here's how I want us to assess after this kind of talk here. Number one, are the fights we're fighting creating solutions or are they creating more, more fights? Honestly, ask yourself that question. Is, is the fight that I'm fighting actually creating a solution? And it, if, if it's a good cause, it definitely should be. The next thing we want to ask ourselves is where is our hope and joy anchored? We say it can be anchored in, in, in Christ, but is our hope and our joy anchored in the outcome of one of the battles that we are fighting? Because I'm seeing a resurgence of believers now taking stands all across our nation, but is our anchor, our hope anchored in the outcome of that fight, or is it anchored in the Lord? The next assessment point is, if we are fighting for a social cause, such as demasking our children or fighting against critical race theory or fighting against our tyrannical government, um, are we, what is God's outcome of all those things? We don't want man's outcome. We want to make sure that it is a righteous, godly outcome. Because if we're looking for, if we're after man's outcome, we just become social justice warriors on the Ferris wheel of justice that never really lands anywhere and just creates more problems. And finally, how I want to just kind of close this, I just, I just want us to take assessment. Take assessment of our lives. It is very important right now to make sure that we are engaged and active and righteously fighting for something that's going on in our world today. So finally, this is how I want to end this. I want to end this right here with this thought. Where are your fights leading you to? Is there an actual tangible solution to the fight that you're fighting? If there is, continue to fight and fight well and fight with, with your eyes fixed on Jesus. And if there isn't, maybe you need to reconfigure and put your efforts into a fight that will actually bring a solution. And a solution doesn't have to manifest itself as this big history-changing event but it does actually have to bring some kind of righteous outcome. So thank you for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. It's very important nowadays that we keep our eyes focused on the Lord. Our hope and our joy and our peace is anchored in Him. Our eyes are on God's Word. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping by. Continue to take a courageous stand for the truth, and I will see you 
next. Thank you for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. We live in a world that is in desperate need of courage and in desperate need of truth. Our prayer is that this podcast will equip and inspire you to live courageously for your family, your community, your God, and for your country. Be courageous in your stand for truth in a world that is completely abandoned. See you next time right here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Remember, truth requires courage.